Hi, my name is Kaylin, and welcome to the Bayside Hut podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about morality and the struggle between good and evil. The last philosophy episode. I shared a quote that said, excellence then is not an act, but a habit as in uh, the good things that you do or the things that make you good are the things that you do over and over. And that's an idea called behavioral inertia and uh, which is just the tendency to keep doing what you're already doing. Uh, And it got me thinking about what makes a person good and what makes a person evil. So what do you guys think is a good person versus a bad person? Um, I think there's not one person in this world who is 100% good or 100% bad. Um, I do think there's people where, like, it's obvious that they're dominantly good or dominantly bad, but I think everybody has the capability of being a quote-unquote good or bad person, however anybody views that, um... And it, that can literally depend on any single factor in the world, like how you grew up, what kind of day you've been having, what kind of people you're around. Um, So yeah, I think everybody is capable of being good or bad. I don't think there's really a definition of a good or a bad person. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. Like, for some people, one side outweighs the other, but there's no... 100%, you know, there's like a yin-yang kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what do you guys think makes a good action versus a bad action? Like, what makes something good? I mean, the most simple way to put it is the act of helping someone versus the act of hurting someone, I think. I think that every good action helps someone. In some way. In some way. And then every bad action does what? Or, well, it's hurt or it's harm or help, you know? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a person, whether it helps the environment or animals. Um, it benefits them. Um, and it's not just, uh, it doesn't, you're not doing it to solely benefit you. You're doing it to also benefit others you know yeah so do you think that has to do with like the intention of an action like if you believe that what you're doing is good it makes it good or um i think it's very much like intent versus impact where um there's obviously going to be things you do where you intended it to be a good thing or to maybe not even be a good thing but just like a neutral action and it ended up um hurting somebody else so long i think assume oh just because you intended something to be good that still makes it a good action but i think Mm -hmm. people need to be more aware of like how what they're doing is going to impact somebody else and how like the impact is what can be seen in the world and how it's affecting other people the intent isn't 
the impact is what makes an action good or bad. So you think uh, pretty much the the final consequence of the action is what determines whether it's good or bad, and it doesn't matter about your intention because the effect is still the effect. That's just yeah. the means justify the ends. <clears throat> or the ends justify the means. Um, not necessarily. I think a lot of people, like, always, a lot of people are very quick to kind of defend people by saying, oh, their intention was good. But people never, nobody's ever going to learn from mistakes that they've made if they always think, as long as my intention is good, I'm yeah. fine. I don't need to learn at all. Like, I'm already a great person. But that's not how it works. Like your intention could your intent can be good, but you can still be hurting people and you need to like understand that so that you can become a better person and be able to help more people. So yeah, I think a lot of people just immediately assume that Excuse, because like Yeah. What yeah. they do. Yeah, by like, oh, I I it was a good intent. Like but it's like but you ended up hurting somebody, so it's like you have to come to terms with that if you wanna not do it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so would you say that if you come into something with bad intentions, but the end result is good, does that still make it a good thing? Or like, is it bad because you came into it with a bad man- with a bad mindset? Okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I didn't, <laughs> you just like, yeah. Okay. Um, um, well, do you want me to like, give you a scenario? No, I yes. think I get, I get <laughs> what you're, I get where you're putting down. Um, I think, I think it all depends on what aspect of it, like, outweighs it in that moment so like if you if you like go into something with bad intentions but it ends up being or the impact ends up being good i don't know if you can necessarily say that was like i don't know Uh, a good action like the action itself uh... maybe yeah ended up doing good so the action itself is good to put in (laughs) co-word Yeah. Okay. So, well, how about the person behind it may not be like <laughs> good. I don't know. Like it's hard. Like, to... I'll, I'll give you a, a scenario, and then hopefully you can like verbalize what you're okay. yeah. thinking of this topic is based on the scenario. So, like, let's say you're driving in your car, right? Yeah. And this guy cuts you off, and you get really mad, and you decide mm-hmm. that in that in the heat of the moment, what you're gonna do you're gonna press on the gas you're gonna crash in his car okay yeah and the guy just instantly dies right would you say that that is a good or bad action i would say it's a bad action yeah because uh well like you went into it with bad intentions because you were intending to hurt someone right yeah and then we would say because just now we just said that a bad or evil action is something that hurts someone or something in some way and killing people is uh whip it into that right yeah so i think all of us can agree that that would 100 percent be a bad thing right yeah but okay so you you said you were giving a scenario of bad intentions but a good yeah outcome. so then i don't see let how me... that's a good outcome yeah well I, ju- I just wanted to establish like the the bad scenario right okay so yeah let's take it back and let's say the guy that cuts you off cuts you off because, I don't know, because he's on his way to a preschool 
and his trunk is full of sledgehammers. <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna throw the sledgehammers in the classroom or something. Okay, right? well do you know that? You do not know that, but you still do everything exactly the same. So you go in with bad intentions, but it's a good outcome because you saved a preschool class. Is that good or bad? I would say it's still bad because while yes, it's good, it's a morally bad. gray area. <laughs> morally gray. Morally, morally gray. But I would say while yes, it's good that the man wasn't able to reach it. Shoot up a school. <laughs> like I don't that's know how good. You shoot sledgehammers. The the oh, person wait, wait, wait. who ran the yeah the person who crashed their car into this dude and yeah. killed him they had literally no clue that he was about to do that they literally just on their own accord was like i'm gonna kill this dude right now because he cut me off like that's you can say that's pretty bad yeah because, well because it's not like there was some telepathy going on and you and your car was <laughs> like oh i know that person's about to go kill the person that cut them off and you're like okay i'm gonna crash my car into like you know yeah well because i just want to know like draw the line of like does yeah of for good and evil what is more important the the intention or the final consequence and then yeah is there a balance because obviously this one was good outcome definitely bad intention and so is there like a balance where it's like well if you intend to do a wrong or a good thing uh, is there a certain point where the outcome like matches that like what's the ratio you know yeah um i think i think it literally all depends like this is like the the line between good and evil can be so blurred sometimes like like the whole thing with um good intention bad outcome um i guess what i'm trying to say is because it just because it was maybe a bad action even though you had good intentions that bad action doesn't make the person a bad person because they had good intentions you know but yeah, it's, important for, that. it's important for that it's important for that person one action yeah mm. it's important for that person to understand how that action could have been bad so that they can continue being a good person you know like yeah. it's it's all goes so hand in hand i feel like where like it it really does depend on like the scenario of whether impact or intent is more important you know okay i can do that so like let's say you grow up in a society that is surrounded by propaganda that says the source of the world's problems is well i don't want to like make light of some serious topics or anything but just for the sake of the scenario let's say the propaganda says the source of everyone's problems in the world is puppies okay mm-hmm. and everyone is raised like from childhood to kill every puppy they see okay and they wholeheartedly believe that what they're doing is good like what they're doing will save the world that every puppy that exists is a threat to world peace mm-hmm. obviously killing puppies pretty bad but If they all have the intention of, if I don't kill this puppy, the entire world is going to fall apart and it will be my fault. 
can you blame them for their actions? Like, can you say that they are bad people for consistently doing that? I mean, it's such a, like, hard thing to, like, even talk about. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, obviously, killing puppies is bad, you know? (laughs) And, like... Yeah, that's right. That's a pretty controversial opinion, but, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Um... But, like, I think we even we even learned about this in middle school, the whole idea of, like, how so many people, like, in different moments in history were able to be so, like, at the same mm-hmm. time. And I think it, it literally all just depends on the influences in that moment, you know, of, like, mm-hmm. you know, you these people who in this hypothetical world that are killing all these puppies they weren't born thinking with this just instinct to murder puppies mm-hmm. they were kind of taught that they're so a product I, of their environment product of their environment but also in every society there's gonna be that group of people who are saying hey this is wrong why is nobody noticing that this is wrong yeah look who at are, the puppies they're adorable why are we doing this Yeah, who are saying the puppies have done nothing. Why are we killing the puppies? So I think it's it's the people who hear that, who have had the evidence presented to them of why it is not okay to kill puppies and why there's no reason why we should kill puppies and then they still continue to do it and choose to do it even though that they've been... So that's when it crosses the line to, yeah, that's evil. Or that's bad. that's like that that's like evil, you know. So so I think mm-hmm. everybody who is killing the puppies, you can say it's pretty safe to say, yeah, that's bad. But when yeah. it gets to the point of a person who now knows that what they're doing is bad, that crosses that crosses the line, and they can, can choose if they want to, you know. That crosses into the realm of like, oh, you're just a really not good person. So you think a uh, person, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So, so like, a, if you're a product of your environment, you can't be held responsible for all the bad things you do because you don't have access to all the information. But if I given think- all the inf- but if given like all the information, you still decide to keep doing those things. Those things, then you become bad because you're like actively being ignorant about that is that what you're saying i yes and then uh, another thing to add is i don't think even if you are a product of your environment i think it's still important for you to be held accountable in some way so that you know after you so that that person who has done something bad even though they only do it as a result of their environment so that they understand oh that was not a good thing i did like you can't be letting those ideologies continue to run unchecked you know just because we're writing it off as their product of their environment you know it's like oh so we should change the environment right because yeah (laughs) saying people who you know commit bad or commit crime or commit bad actions you know that yeah. like yeah i guess that's what i'm trying to say okay cool uh remus we've actually talked about this very topic uh, in the past just like on our own 
uh, I think you said, if I remember correctly, you said something like uh, good and evil. The the meanings of them are determined by the societies, right? Yeah. So you think that like 100% what is recognized as good or what is recognized as evil, like just relies on what the society accepts as good or what's evil, right? Yes. So how would you say like what me and Kaylin just said about there's always going to be people that stand up to things that they find wrong, even when they're brought up in a bad environment. Because in their society, the killing puppies is the good thing, and then them not killing puppies is bad, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what the society deems as the majority. So would you say that in those societies, killing puppies is good, and then by standing up against it, they're bad? Well, that's how they would view it. I mean, we're looking for a, being raised as seeing one thing as good and one thing as bad. And we, we've also been experienced to multiple stories of this. So our ideas of good and bad are clearly to those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's this thing by... Uh, Plato, which is a Socratic dialogue um, called Meno or Menon, uh, depending on what translation. But pretty much Meno, there, this guy Meno, like begins this dialogue with Socrates and he asks if virtue is teachable, like if being a good person is teachable. And Socrates tells the guy that before they can determine whether or not teaching someone to be good can be done they first need to they first need to determine what good is so they talk about good in the general sense rather than like anything specifically as in virtues like justice or like temperance and stuff they just talk as like good being this abstract concept and pretty much the dialogue is just socrates pushes meno to define in exact terms what makes something good good and he can't agree or they can't agree on a specific meaning because everything is a case-by-case basis and because of that they decide that it's impossible to teach someone to be good because it's impossible to to find something that you don't know because you don't know once you find once you found it does that make any sense at all um yeah i think that makes sense i think also if needed i can cut that whole part out and explain it better no but that made sense um i think also like you can't teach somebody to be good one because you determine what is good on a case-by-case basis you know but also mm-hmm. because everybody is equally capable of being good and being bad. Like, everybody already has the capabilities of being good or bad. But it's what we experience in real life and what we go through on a day-to-day basis that brings out those capabilities, you know? And brings out those instances where we good or are bad. So it's like, I guess the 
teacher if you there would even be one of like how to be good would be life because everything that we go through all our experiences is what makes us decide to be good or bad you know okay yeah that's that's pretty cool um i'm thinking back to our original definition of good and you guys i I don't know which one of you guys said it but one of you guys said that good is helping people right so if helping someone like let's say tough love right is tough love good because you're helping the person but you're also providing them with like pain like they don't enjoy it the action of you Mm -hmm. helping right is that Mm -hmm. good because they wouldn't view it as good they don't think that what you have to teach or what you have to force them to do is a good thing yeah well that's also very like personal I feel like because you know some people respond very well to tough love and they're like that's the only way that they can learn sometimes and then some people just don't respond well to tough love at all. So I think it, it all really depends on who you're interacting with in that moment and who you're giving. Like most really competitive athletes, I would say, are fine with tough love. Like most coaches, like that's basically their whole like shtick is tough love. But then there's some people who just can't handle that and they just like shut down in Mm -hmm. situations like that so i think yeah it really all depends on the person in the specific scenario so if you don't if you don't know what a person responds to and you try tough love and it hurts them that's that's a bad deed right that's that's a perfect example of good intentions bad outcome yeah and i think I think even though that is, like, a bad outcome, that doesn't make the person who gave the tough love a bad person. That just means that they made a mistake. Um, And mistakes aren't what determines if we're good or bad people. They're really just what proves that we're human, you know? Um, So I think, yeah, there's, there's... when I think it's not good to just generalize good or bad and connect it to everything and say well Mm -hmm. if you do bad things obviously you're a bad person I think it's so nuanced how so many different things could be classified as good or bad and just because um people do bad things sometimes that doesn't mean they're bad people and they do good things sometimes doesn't mean they're good people um what even was the question Like, oh my god, what? Like, uh, dude, I don't even know. Oh, the tough love thing. The tough love thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, somebody giving a, a a person giving tough love to another person who maybe does not respond well to tough love, and it ends up being having a bad outcome. That doesn't make me make the person who gave the tough love a bad person. That just means they did something bad. They made a mistake. And that's a learning and growing moment for everybody involved. Um, so I think, yeah, like, just it's it's so nuanced how so many different things can be classified as good or bad. Um, and, you know, good or bad actions or scenarios 
don't necessarily make the people or things attached to them good or bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Drawing the line is counterproductive because the idea that you can just box someone as good or box someone as bad and then just yeah. confine them to that definition yeah. um, restricts their ability to grow because you've already labeled them a certain way. Yeah, and then that just makes that person just more bitter yeah. and yeah. less receptive to those, like, teaching moments because you've just already, like, said, all right, you're a bad person. Like, you can't ever change. Um, mm-hmm. And then that just ends up hurting everybody else because then if everybody is telling them they're a bad person, then they're just going to step into that role and be like, all right, so I'm, I'm going to be the bad person that you're telling me I am, you know? Exactly. They will, even if it's subconsciously, they will fulfill the role that you've put onto them. Yeah. Because in a way, it won't contradict their own self-image of themselves because mm-hmm. from their mentality, all they're doing is playing the role that you've given them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Ramus, do you have anything to add? That sounds <laughs> It sounds like what I... It's good, man. Hmm? No, never mind. <laughs> I kind of sums up what I was thinking about, too, so. Cool. All right, next question. <laughs> All right, well, uh, okay, so the next thing I have up is the idea of of an experience machine. And this is less, this is less about, like, the ethicality and more just, like, is it good or is it bad? Where, let's say there's a hypothetical machine where every time you press a button on the machine, you instantly get a new happy experience, right? Just straight into your brain. You get that like hit of dopamine and you're like, okay, I I have a new um, experience. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, So the the argument for this is, uh, is it good? to keep hitting it and like flood yourself with uh, good experiences that you never earned or that you never lived through. Um, I mean, what, so good. What does that make the bad, like in that scenario? Like is the bad, the fact that you have all these happy moments that you didn't necessarily earn that it's, you were technically lying to yourself. Like is that? Well, yeah. Cause the idea is, you learn from all your experiences, right? Like you live through your experiences and even your happy memories, you learn something from them because yeah, you experience them, experience them. So mm-hmm. the, the question of good and bad in this scenario is uh, if given the chance to achieve ultimate happiness at your every whim and just at like a moment's notice, is that good for you as a human being? Because on the one hand, you'll be much happier than you will have been otherwise but on the other hand you're robbing yourself of experiences that will cause you to grow as a person ultimately like in the end that not to get like existential or dystopian or anything over here but that's that would end up destroying humanity's concept of happiness because it would numb you because there's there's these select few people in the world let's let's say it's like there's only a few people who have these buttons and there's these select few people who can make themselves endlessly happy at any time they want because 
they can just flood themselves with happy memories. You're going to have an entire race of human beings trying to get these buttons that just give them like instant gratification. And then all the people who have no clue how to actually find happiness within themselves and within their lives without a button, you know? Mm-hmm. If you take the button so, away, they lose who they are because they yeah, they don't know. Way. Yeah. yeah, they don't know who they are. They don't know how to, you know, be happy within themselves without something that will give them happiness for no reason. Is it like a you one-time know? thing? Like um, you get to choose certain times to last, <laughs> as long as you hold it. Five yeah. minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> like if you push the button in the exact moment you push the button, say the the receptors in your brain that control happiness or whatever, they get a jolt. They just they make you happy. They make so you, happy. you get high for a second. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You get You're high on happiness. Yeah, it's just gonna turn into like a new these buttons. Yeah. I think if used properly, it would be a great thing. Like medicinally? Yes. Like you you only have one time in your life where you're allowed to use the happiness button. You can't. Prescribe a a depressed person with one dose of happiness per day. Yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah, but if, it, if it's just going unchecked, then yeah, you're going to get this entire generation of people who are like, oh, sick, I don't have to do anything to be happy, great. And then what happens when the button breaks? What happens when... Ooh. Well, there's a problem the with pressing the button endlessly because you get the hit, right? But yeah. you're not exactly succeeding. You're going to be happy, but guess what? You could be on the street. And you're going to be high as hell. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. You're just going to get the hit, but you're going to rot to death. Yeah, or it's going to turn into this, like, horrible thing where, like, the rich have, like, a monopoly on happiness buttons. (laughs) So they're just, like, extra happy. And then everybody else who can't afford a happiness button live life and try to be... Or they just Happy they monetize it. it. They charge the poor, yeah, like a hundred dollars like, for a press. Literally, yeah. It's so then you're gonna have this just a weird monopoly on happiness, and that's just strange. <laughs> that sounds like a dystopian like, novel. Yeah. Someone want to write that? That sounds like a great. Well, we could do a joint effort, the three of us. Joint yeah. effort to write this. Oh, the happiness button. The happiness. That's a great, that's honestly, a great title right there, honestly. Actually, yeah. Somebody, somebody write that down. Let's get it patented. <laughs> not patented, but trademarked. Whoa, patented? You, you want to make this thing? Okay, I don't know if that's... We'll do a storyboard. No, not make the happiness button. I meant trademark. Let's trademark the... Yeah, yeah. The franchise of the happiness button. <laughs> okay, uh, if given the chance, would you press the happiness button even just once? Literally just like one moment of like increased dopamine how long is a moment like a second like a minute yeah 
yeah, let's say like a second. This is just high thoughts right now. <laughs> well, that implies that we're high, and I we mean, are not. Yeah, if it was like, so. if it was like somebody walked up to me with a happiness button, was like, okay, only one press, and you'll never be able to press it again in your life. I'd be like, yeah, why not? It's just one second. But like, if somebody gave me a happiness button, I would be like, no, thank you, because I no. might, yeah. you know. Would you trust yourself with it if given it? Would you trust yourself to to make the right decision and and allow yourself a life of pain, even though you know that the happiness is at your fingertips? I think I do have a lot of trust in myself, and I think I have a lot of self-control, but with something like happiness, that can be such a drug at times. <laughs> like like our, the, our own chemicals that our brain produces are the strongest drugs. Adrenaline... Mm-hmm. dopamine all that kind of stuff like i i wouldn't trust myself in that way like i no matter how much self-control i think i have i would not put myself in that position because just i'm a human being i'm capable of i'm not infallible I'm capable of making mistakes so yeah i wouldn't put myself in that position in the first place wise answer know yourself if we use the happiness button yeah would you use the happiness button and then would you trust yourself if you were given a happiness button? I would save it when I think I have hit the lowest point in my life. And then once you have, you hit it and you give yourself instant gratification. Yes, because sometimes just having that little push will bring you back up because if you've hit the lowest point in your in your life and you need that little push that little dose of happiness to make your day the only place you can go up or you can go is up right so i i would use it for when i think i've hit the lowest point in my life and if i if i if i uh if I end up using it way too much than I should, then um, I'm going to rely on you guys to uh, slap me until I stop using it. Intervention. <laughs> Intervention. Friends. Cute theme. Well, with the intervention, this might as well... As soon as you said the word intervention, I, I instantly pictured that banner from How I Met Your Mother every time they have an intervention for something. <laughs> Crossover episode, maybe? Oof. Okay, well, thank you for your thoughts on the on the happiness button. Technically, it's called the experience machine, but happiness button does sound a little bit better. It was made by a philosopher named Robert Nozick. I'm just saying this stuff because hopefully uh not only do people that listen get to listen to a cool conversation maybe they'll take something away so anyways yeah it was made by a philosopher named robert nozick uh in 1974 and he argued that if pleasure was uh, only an intri- was only an intrinsic value that people would have an overriding reason to be hooked up to an experience machine which would produce favorable sensations and um in his book he talked about its application and criticized it for being too similar to hedonism, which is a family of theories that have the concept of pleasure as a central role in all of them, which is pretty much just in life, 
they live by the mentality of this action that I'm about to take will make me happy, therefore I should do it, or therefore it is good. Mm-hmm. Basically, by their standard of thinking, this is super oversimplified, by the way, but by their standard of thinking, their definition of good is not what we said, which is it helps people. It is this will bring me joy because in their minds, their life is theirs and it's the only one that they'll truly get to experience. So they should at least make their own life as favorable as possible. That's interesting. That's Honestly. interesting because it's it's almost like they also assume that everybody else is following the same kind of code that they are. That oh, everybody must be happy because just making them they their only interest is to make themselves happy. But that's not true. Not everybody's going to think that way. So yeah. Well, do you think that gives them like a one up? Because like, let's say there's two people and one of them their only goal is to make themselves happy and the other person their goal is to make themselves happy plus benefit the world as much as possible the first guy has an advantage don't you think because they aren't restricted by um what they view as right because the only thing that they see as right is just whatever yeah they will enjoy but that, but that almost can like <laughs> like at some point if most people begin thinking that way that's just going to devolve into anarchy and anarchism because you know it's just like I feel like it's just a kind of a known thing that there's some people who enjoy it makes them happy to be kind of like risky people and to do risky things and to and are kind of just attracted towards more violent things and more just visceral things so it's like at some point it's just going to become yeah everybody is like there's no there's not going to be any possible way for everybody to be happy because for some people like hurting other people is what makes them happy Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a bad thing so yeah that's just like I don't know I, I don't see how that kind of mindset could result in anything like objectively good you know oh yeah yeah i'm not advocating for it i i just no i, I wasn't saying was that you were yeah <laughs> advocating for it. i was just saying like yeah i think it's interesting but i was just stating how i don't think that yeah, that should yeah. be something that people totally should like subscribe to you know <laughs> yeah that should be uh everyone's life motto i guess don't push the happy button uh do what's best not just for you but for the world as well yeah and then and also like it's okay to do what's best for you sometimes as long as it isn't hurting anybody else in the process you know Mm -hmm. anything to add to that (laughs) thank you ramius very cool i know right all right i think if we lived in like the matrix and I knew that everything around me and everyone around me wasn't real, I would probably adopt the hedonist mindset of just doing whatever to make Honestly, myself happy. But yeah. only in that kind of scenario where like I'm not actually hurting people. Yeah, where like everything and everyone is literally not real, so they don't have emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
Or, like, I don't know if it was, like, the apocalypse and you're the last person on Earth. And, like, obviously, yeah. Be a human. Yeah, you're just living for you at that point. You're just... Yeah. There's nothing else at stake. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you said earlier that you don't like to define a person as bad just because they've done something bad. And I agree with that. But do you think that there are... I think there are people who, though they have the possibility of doing good things, are you can't classify them as maybe a bad person because they have done so overwhelmingly, like, something that is so overwhelmingly bad, where it's it's beyond justification, you know? Like, serial killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, every, every human being has the capability of doing good, but serial killers have taken it to the level of, I'm actively going out of my way to cause somebody, multiple other people, unimaginable pain specifically for that reason to cause pain not like for some like yeah. greater motive but specifically no. for that yeah no and even if it if, if it was some greater motive it's it's still you can classify it that that is bad because like how are you inexcusable not seeing, it's inexcusable oh, yeah yeah how are you not seeing how horrifying it is what you're doing you know <clears throat> so yeah i think while it's impossible to say that any one person is just bad or just good it is you are allowed to say that there are people in this world who are overwhelmingly bad Mm -hmm. um and who have proven that it is not likely that they are going to be good or do good you know yeah hey remix still the possibility of doing that um can i give you a scenario sure uh, would you would you beat up a kindergartner to solve world poverty? No one will ever know what you did. Like no one will know that that's the action <laughs> that solves poverty. Okay, if you were given that choice. Would you do it? Well, how badly are you beating up this kindergartner? Yeah, I know, right? That's that's what I'm <laughs> thinking. <laughs> like. You gotta beat this kid up. He has to. He has to lose at least like like three teeth. Minimal. Oh god! <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you gotta beat up this kid. He won't know why you're doing it. No one else will ever know what you've done. But after you beat up that kid, poverty gone. Would you do it? I will be the lesser of two evils. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Poverty is uh, worse than you beating up the kid. Yeah. Do you not think that? <laughs> no, no, I agree. I think I'm just gonna go no comment on that one. Because no comment. No comment. Me. Wait, does that mean you'll let Kaylin, millions of people? You wouldn't. You wouldn't beat up that kindergartner, Kaylin. I think. Okay. Let me explain myself for a second here. Okay, so you're going. I think. Wait, this is, is like awesome. um. Yeah. What's that one story? Uh. 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 Something. Oh, I forgot. Where a whole town is happy because of the suffering of one person. 
What, what's that story called? I don't know what story you're talking about. I don't know. You don't... Um... I... I... So, Kaylin, how about that kindergartner, huh? Okay. Alright. Let me explain myself here. Poverty is awful, right? Yes. Like, yes. I would absolutely love for poverty to be gone. But it's like, I don't know if I personally would be willing to traumatize a child. Maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, all a matter how much do you hate poverty and how much do you like kindergartners? Yeah, because I don't feel a particular like, kinship with kindergartners. But it's like, I don't know. Like, I guess, yeah, I would. <laughs> That's fucking awful to say, I'm pretty sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's... you heard it here. Caitlin would, in fact, beat up a kindergartner. There we okay. go. <laughs> okay, if I had to, if it was literally like, I don't know. <laughs> Millions of lives are on the line, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, if the kid is, like, gonna recover from it and, like, we'll be fine after some therapy, you know? Yeah, they're baby teeth. It's fine. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't know. Thank you, Kaylin, for playing along with my twisted game. Yeah, now you're just making me feel like a shitty-ass person. But then it's like... <laughs> I'm sorry. Know. <laughs> you know what? I came in with good intentions. That's fair. We'll tie it back to the to the main topic. Yep. Wait, what is Rainey's doing? Yeah, I think he's finding that morality story he was talking about. Uh-oh. I mean, I got the gist of it, though. Yeah. The like... whole town is happy because one person's unhappy. Uh-huh. The needs of the many are greater than the few, or something. It's not like mm-hmm. Star Trek. We were actually just talking about that in my English class. Oh. We were going over the um, like Michael Fay case from the nineties, where that. like an American teen in Singapore was accused of I think vandalism and like stealing and stuff like that, and so like at the time caning was like a form of punishment in Singapore and so he got like sent like for punishment he got sentenced to or like his punishment was being caned but a ton of people in America were like basically saying no this shouldn't happen like everybody has personal liberties like to not be beaten by the state you know mm-hmm. but then Singapore's whole like basically things like good of the many over the good of the one you know so it's like why would we treat a criminal well if they've hurt other people or hurt the state mm-hmm. and, or like sending a message too like this is how but it's like basically just that like <laughs> um, but yeah it's like kind of that like uh, that struggle between like Yes, Kaylin, we should prioritize the needs of 
more people than the needs of one person. <laughs> so what I'm saying is beat the crap out of that kindergartner. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this just sounds so unnatural. Also, I only brought up the point of do we prioritize the needs of one over the needs of many or the many over one and you kind of phrased that like I prioritize the needs of one over many. So Oh, um yes, Kaylin, beat up that kindergartner. <laughs> is that your is that your same uh, answer to the trolley problem? Run over the one guy instead of the five? We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um make a t-shirt guys uh, wait for the merch it's gonna <laughs> yeah. say yes kaylin <laughs> beat up that kindergarten i'd buy that sounds great <laughs> all right so um i found i found it the story oh yes tell us the story okay so um wait <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so wait, give me a second. Get to the page. Okay. 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 It's gonna be a doozy for Andrew to edit. Oh yeah, gotta listen to the entire thing over again. <laughs> Snip out every little bit of dead air. Um, who who cares about dead air? Not me. Well, you're not the one editing. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Okay. So, I found this summary because it's way easier than trying to summarize it myself. Right? So, there's a city called Omelos, right? It's a place Mm -hmm. of unimaginable happiness. And they're celebrating a summer festival, and it happens every year. And underneath the city, there's a child who's locked up and forced to live in misery away from everyone else. And Omalasa's happiness is dependent on the suffering of this one child, right? And as people grow up, um, every, every person living inside Omalas learns of the child's existence, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, decide to walk away from Omelos and never come back. Whereas others um, stay to be happy. So that's the basic gist of it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would you guys do in this situation? I think... uh... You gotta free that kid. Well, yeah, free a kid and walk away. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but if you free the kid, then Omelot happy and everyone also suffers. Okay, See, but but if if we take the kid away, is it all of a sudden they can never have happiness again in their life, or is it they just have to live like every other person does? I think if you take the kid away, you um someone may replace it, replace them or something. Well, like, how does the kid being in pain provide the rest of the town with the happy? Like, 
Yeah. Is it like is it like the happy button and the kids just sitting on the button all the time and everyone's just constantly happy and as soon as he like is moved from it then they get cut off from that source of like happiness. Yeah. Or I guess you could put it kind of put it like that. Yeah. Cuz in that case then I'd say yeah, I'd free that kid cuz their source and of happiness like... is fake, like it's artificial. But if it's like if if it's like he's the kid sitting why don't you just put like a heavy weight on it? Well, <laughs> well like like this the child's misery is connected to the town's happiness. Oh, okay. okay, you made okay. it sound like something just Sorry. has to be sitting on the button. No, 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 no that's <laughs> just, what just like a, okay, they're just being cruel. Okay, so, but so if you take away the kid. Is it like they'll never be happy ever again, or they just have to live a life where they're not going to be happy all the time? Well, then they suffer. So it's like this child suffers, and the town is happy, or this child is freed and happy-ish, I guess. (laughs) And the town suffers. Is the kid's, like, misery, is that him experiencing all the pain that the town would feel, but instead it's all directed towards one person instead? Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, in that case, yeah, I'd help the kid because then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of pain for everyone, or a lot of pain on the one kid. Yeah. And he doesn't deserve that. Me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, if you are given the chance mm. to take the place of this child so that everyone can be happy, would you do it? <laughs> That's how painful we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Um. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit more of like a. (laughs) Like, if somebody had to do it, and it was like me or this kid, I would be like, okay, yeah, obviously, I'll do it. Whatever. Like (laughs) self-sacrifice. So casual. But, oh yeah, I'll take the suffering of this child. Sure, whatever. Yeah, no biggie. I mean, still, no biggie. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm built different. <laughs> but yeah, Kaylin really mean, said built different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like it's a no-brainer. It's like you have to be a freaking sociopath if somebody's like this kid could either suffer for the rest of their life. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could, do with, you could do like the blissful ignorance that the other people do, where they just walk away so they don't have to look at it anymore. Well, Even some walk away there. and yeah. others live in the town to be happy. And they just the, the thing is, though, like, I couldn't walk away knowing that, like, I could have ended somebody's suffering you know yeah 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 like i would feel like a such an awful person you feel guilty forever yeah but in doing so you inflict suffering on more people i think those people deserve it though like if inflicting the pain on everyone else in the town no i I was that's that's their punishment for forcing it on the kid i was talking about the like if you could like take the kid's place oh, oh. i just walked away and like didn't do anything about it you know <clears throat> i would feel horrible 
Honestly, if yeah. I lived the town, I would have everyone take their share of the kids' place. <laughs> everybody, everyone, everybody yeah. for one day of the year has to go down into the dungeon yeah. or whatever they're wherever they're. Honestly, I think that's pretty fair, though. That's fair. Yeah, that's hey, fair. Yeah. Just hey, are you free to the uh, for the party tonight? No, I can't. It's uh, it's my shift for the pain bus. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> No, but as time goes on, I think people will get more used to it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. That's pretty uh, cool. yeah. Do we want to move on to recommendations now, or? Oh wait. Do you have anything so else? This, this this episode's about morality, right? What well, what. Is there a topic that I uh, like? How how exactly are we? How how broad are we talking? <laughs> Pretty broad, dude. I don't I don't know. Because um, comes to your mind. I saw a thing. So, it's fine if a seventeen-year-old and a nineteen-year-old date, right? Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Well, the, you said pretty broad. You know, man. All right. Okay. You finish your thing then. Finish your thought. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, yes or no. Yes or no, guys. Um. A seventeen and a nineteen-year-old. I mean. I'm gonna say. Was... I'm gonna say no. That's that's a no-no. <laughs> It's like the 19-year-olds in college and the 17-year-olds in high school. And it's like, even if they're only two years apart, that's such a big difference in like... Okay, okay, wait, wait a minute. Who said the 17-year-old was in high school? Well, just assuming based on the general population. Okay, <laughs> what if they're both in college? I mean, I think if, I... It was an, if it was an established relationship when the 19-year-old was not 18 yet, then... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's well, but, but if then it started means... after that, then it's <laughs> does that mean the the nineteen year old would have been like seventeen and the other seventeen and fifteen? Yeah, because then that's like it's still weird. I don't know. Okay, but it'd be even weirder if it uh if it was a coach or something. Yes. Oh, that's so weird. No. Like, definitely <laughs> like that a... one. Dude, like, big no-no on that one. <laughs> big freaking no-no on that one. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. Is this, like, a, a specific scenario, or is it just something you came up with in your head? I think this is a manga premise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, I saw, uh, I saw a video on it, right? No. Bro, Andrew. <laughs> but that also uh, brought up the fact that my brother kind of did that. Oh. Oh. Oh, but they were both in college, so. Um... Okay. All right. <laughs> well, like, I feel like if the 17 year olds are in college, then it isn't. It's not that big of a deal. Or it's not that much bigger of a deal. Because <laughs> they're, it's like, just... living the same experiences and, like,. They have to be peers, like on a peer level. I don't know. Yeah. Cause like high school is weird. Cause 
you could be like three only like three years <laughs> somebody I thought your thought was gonna be like you could be three in high school <laughs> no weird because you could be like three years younger than somebody and like in your 20s that wouldn't matter but when you're in high school that's like a big deal because every year you're like changing so much that like the difference between a I don't know more than a 17 year old is so big you know do you guys like agree with like the max would be like freshman and junior sophomore senior I, I, I guess. Yeah, I no freshman junior. Sounds weird. <laughs> oh no, man! Like rule of thumb, only <laughs> if you're gonna date somebody older than you, only in like the grade above you. You know. <laughs> I don't think I'd be. I don't think I'd do that. This but... morality is kind of touching upon Gianna's "I want to do relationships" episode. <laughs> yeah, we've just been like barely dodging her. Like topic. Does she, she want to do like a relationship episode? Yeah. Sick. You want to be part of that, Caitlin? What would we even talk about? Like uh, relationships, our our views. Um. Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess. Sounds fun. I don't know. Because <laughs> that can get real awkward real quick. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe that's what makes I don't know <laughs> makes it interesting. Yes, Kaylin beat up that kindergartner. Yeah, this is become a catchphrase at this point. Yep. Um, Andrew, are you gonna design a shirt for us? Maybe. I'll probably put Kaylin beat up that kindergartner. In Do you guys agree with the death penalty? Red bubble, huh? The death. I just completely like didn't understand what you were saying for a second. I don't know why. Um. I mean, it technically falls into morality, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm For me, say... I think... I don't know. I just feel like the state, it doesn't change anything to give the state the power to, like, take away a person's life. If you, if you kill a killer, the number of killers will stay the same. Kill two. <laughs> I'm gonna say that I agree with it, but only in like very specific situations. Yeah, like uh, serial killers. Yeah, right. Like only yeah, serial killers are like just anyone that's so far gone that rehabilitation or like living in jail doesn't even affect them anymore, and they've like ceased to become human because like that's how bad they are. Serial so killers. I, um... I think it literally like depends on the person because, like, a point I've heard somebody make is like, for some people, sitting in a jail cell for the rest of their life is worse than just being killed. Like, oh well, yeah, because yeah. you people relate death to being free and re- yeah, you know, the sweet release of death, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, just if you don't seem like you feel any remorse for your actions at all, and you're like just a monster, then there's nothing we really can do because you've sort of abandoned society. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that. 
but like I would not have it as common as it is today. Yeah. Dead silence. Andrew, you gonna cut this out? <laughs> I mean, probably not. <laughs> Maybe. Depends how I'm feeling when I re listen to this. <laughs> you got anything else for us right now? Um, I don't know. There's a few topics that we could just, we, we'll go on later. Like, God. In future episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, do you guys think the church has kind of influenced our morality? Sure. I'd say, yeah, I'd say. 100%. Yeah. There's no way around that. Just because we grew up. To what, it, to what extent? I mean, I mean, just growing up. Our basic moral yeah. framework was the Ten Commandments, and that's just like us, just as kids. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say... and it it all depends on how you grew up with the church in your life. So for us, we were heavily involved. Yeah, fully involved, <laughs> but it also like it wasn't at all like a traumatic experience. You know, we just were around the church and like in religion classes and you know mm-hmm. like very much involved but for people who have had really bad experiences with the church they just go like full like opposite like okay well I'm gonna do whatever the, whatever I want because I've been told for so long I can't do anything I want yeah so it's like it can affect morality in both ways I feel like or whatever you think is like morally good you know and that's that's not to say that the only like way to live a moral life is through religion or whatever yeah, you just no, live no. by your own moral compass and that's yeah. fine yeah we're yeah. not trying to push that on anyone no. show up to 9 a.m mass in your uniform and you get free <laughs> <laughs> that, that was kind of messed up now that i think about it i know right like not every kid I mean... in our school You know, I kind of want to hear Kaylin recite V's V's monologue. Do you? The what? Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. V's monologue. Kaylin, did you listen to our last episode? Um, I listened no. <laughs> like halfway through. Oh, so yeah. then you heard the beginning. That's fine. Yeah, the beginning is V's monologue. Um, the rest. It's just I, like I don't know. I was just sent it in chat, so if you want to try your hand at that. <laughs> okay, hold up. I didn't realize how long it was until just now. Oh shoot, right. you're right. <laughs> hold on, I'm gonna scan through it first before I start reading, so that I don't say something I really don't want to. <laughs> Drops an f bomb on accident. <laughs> I think it'd be more like drops a, a oh, V bomb just the, with the alliteration of the bomb. The what monologue? <laughs> v, like the letter V, V's monologue. Oh. For a second, I thought it was yeah. like a name or something. Well, that is his name. Oh. Oh, it's a song? Well, 
What the that is? Like, I know it says lyrics, lyrics, and it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not a song, but it's funny. Okay. Oh Jesus! I don't know if I can say these words. Something. <laughs> it's okay. We struggle over it. Yeah, we struggled too. Start okay. at voila. Okay, voila. In view, a humble vaudeville and veteran cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the this this is okay what (laughs) sorry vicissitudes vicissitudes of fate this visage no mere veneer of vanity is a vestige of the vox populi now vacant vanished vacant vacant vanished however this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta held uh, as a votive, not in vain for the value and veracity of such, shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. Verily this... Vichyssois? A verbiage veers most verbose, so let me simply add that it's my very good honor to meet you, and you may call me V. Bravo. Very Bravo. good. Yeah. I think that was really, that was really good. That was, okay. that was really good. Thank you. There's a reason I was the narrator when we did the Stations of the Cross. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stations. I don't want to go. I don't want to do that again. Tell us who hit you. I don't know, that was a pretty weak hit, not gonna lie. <laughs> I forgot you well. played Jesus. Well, I mean, if you wanted it, it's harder, I can. <laughs> Let's move on to recommendations. I, yeah. I guess so. Um, okay. I suppose since I brought it up, I can go first. Uh, I actually haven't seen anything new this week, like, at all. But if you're listening to this podcast, I added a new intro, and hopefully you enjoyed it. It was made by my cousin, uh, Min. He's a super talented guy. He made it in, like, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, It was very impressive. Yeah, it was. I mean, we're talking about it, and, like, a few minutes later it just popped up in our chat and it's so mm-hmm. funny so uh i figured i should uh plug his soundcloud here you can follow him at uh votgmin uh, that's a uh, v-o-t-g-m-i-n-h uh check him out it's my cousin uh super nice guy great at piano uh, does a lot of jazz stuff if you're into that um other than that i'll turn it over to you too Okay, what do you want to go first? Um, I guess so. Uh, does it have to be related to like morality or just like anything? No, just anything no. you watched this yeah. week. Um, that I watched this week. Damn, I did not watch anything good this week. <laughs> yeah, no, all my recommendations are just super basic. And- <laughs> I mean, you could do what Christian and Aaron have done, which is just. Give us a recommendation of what we should do with our lives this week. Oh, well, I just thought of something that I like because I'm like kind of like I know Marvel 
in ge- like kind of Ooh. in general but i oh. haven't watched like all the movies and i like somehow forgot that like all of them are on disney plus <laughs> and this week i vowed to watch all of them all of them wow and this week in this so I just watched the first Avengers again. I rewatched it, and then I'm watching Age of Ultron right now because oh, I like right now chronological during during the episode. Watching okay, Age of well, Ultron. with with Caitlin's recommendation of watching the MCU on Disney Plus, might I also recommend after you watch the MCU Daredevil? Oh my god, to watch Daredevil and also to watch. Me and Ramius's episode on our MCU rewrite, which oh, I yeah. must say I am pretty happy with so far. Oh, I apologize for the very quiet, um, well, just being very quiet in general. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, we recorded really late that night, so that's why, uh, yeah, yeah. and then because I don't really have a lot of recommendations from this week, I guess I'll just go with something related to the morality topic but like crime documentaries mm-hmm. um one like they was my favorite crime document crime documentary ever and it was it's called oh my god seven five and it was about new york's corrupt 75th precinct um Ooh. around the time that like um that like crack got really big <laughs> in <laughs> New York, um, and a bunch of kind of corrupt cops in that precinct would like were protecting drug organizations for money. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I think it was just done really well, and it was took off Netflix. But if you can find it somewhere to watch it, I recommend that. And then, uh, the trials of G- Fernandez, I think was his last name. Um. If you guys know the case of Gabriel Fernandez, you might not. Uh, I I've never heard of it personally. Um, it's basically about like um an eight year old boy who was um beaten to death by his mother's um boyfriend. Oh my God. And had sustained abuse like from his parents basically for months before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically just kind of going into the trial, like, with the the mom's boyfriend and then also with the Department of Child Services workers on his case who, like, did nothing, even wow. though there had been, like, tons of, um, like, evidence, basically, of abuse, and they just, like, didn't do anything, didn't remove him from the home. Um, so, yeah, that one was also done really well and was done by Netflix, so I would recommend that. If you're, if anybody wants to watch any deep documentaries about morality and crime and things like that, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of not the, the sunshiny topic in the world, but I mean, is morality a sunshiny topic? I think it is when not. you have a happy button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, stay tuned for merch. Uh... <laughs> Stay tuned for merch. It's gonna be the happy button and um yes, Kaylin. <laughs> Peanut up that kindergarten. <laughs> um alright. I've 
kind of been lacking with uh watching stuff so um uh what i can say is uh i've been watching tier eternity it's pretty cool premise i think andrew would like it all right what's the premise um wait i gotta find it real quick because uh because i'm dumb sometimes okay to your eternity so um an orb is like yeeted onto the planet right (laughs) all right and it can it can do two things right it can change into the form of the thing that like stimulates it kind of right so um or and it can come back to life after death which the orb is sentient kind of so um conscient conscious orb kind of i mean it's okay so in the beginning it's like thrown onto the earth right and it turns into rock oh right and then after a while a wolf falls on it and Mm -hmm. a wolf a wolf dies on it right and then it Mm -hmm. turns into the wolf right and it walks around and then it turns into a boy eventually because mm-hmm. it, and then, and then, comes into contact with one. yeah, and then it, and then you just kind of watch its journey, I guess. It, so, it's pretty cool. The orb, <laughs> the orb itself isn't sentient, but it can like possess sentient beings. No, it, it like transforms it, into them, it transformed right? into oh, them. Okay. So, like, uh, think of like copy paste. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, what else? That's interesting. Oh, yeah, and then I was reading this manga earlier. I, I love it. It's called, um, it's called Blue Box. It's about a, it, it's a romance, of course. <laughs> so, uh, this, this bad Bing player falls in love with a basketball player, a basketball girl, right? Um, yeah, and they they kind of show up to like morning practices, like way before everyone else, and they kind of get to know each other there. Yep, those are my recommendations. Very oh, cool. and if you guys haven't watched it, watch V for Vendetta because um, I I think I think it goes with morality, right? It does. It goes with totalitarian governments and and what's right and wrong and our how much we need pain to understand the pleasure yeah i think yeah plus it's a it's where the monologue we keep making people i know right um so is that it i think that's it right guys all right so um all right uh so thank you guys for listening if you have any questions for us um dm us on Instagram at the big or the big hut at gmail.com. Like to and welcome Caitlin to her first official um, podcast episode. Yeah, I guess the, yeah, thank you. I guess the bonus me. one doesn't. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, that wasn't like. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't full length. Yeah. Okay. Well. See you guys in the next one. Peace. Yeah.